0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcasting Network. My name is Tim. You know me as Cranjus McBasketball on Twitter. And we're just going to do a really quick hitter today. Mark Gasol might not be coming back to the Lakers. We, we saw some news today come out from Mark Stein indicating that even though Marc Gasol said he'd be back after Spain was eliminated from the Olympics, uh, that might not be the case anymore. And that it throws a big wrench into the Lakers' situation not because mark is some elite player that isn't replaceable in general but because of the roster construction and just how late this is coming out so if he isn't coming back the lakers big man depth looks like dwight howard and that's it for for traditional centers they have ad who you know if mark's back or if mark's not back i'd imagine ad's playing a lot of center i already had him penciled in for like 24 minutes maybe he's playing like 35 minutes of center a game Um, but that's not, I mean, those are the only guys you can really play at the five. Then you have Ariza and Melo, who are guys who have been like four slash threes. And then you've got LeBron, who is like a three, four, four, three. You don't really have other center options. So this can be disruptive for the Lakers. It, there are other options out there. Not too many of them are good. We'll cover a couple quickly today. Um, but just wanted to give you my thoughts on this news that came out. So the first thing for me that comes to mind is like, Why is this happening now? What would have changed after that, you know, at at weeks after he said he'd be back, you know, after 99% of free agents have been signed, why is he thinking now he might not be back? Because if this would have happened, if, you know, in that interview after Spain got eliminated, he said, you know what, I'm done, I'm retiring, that would be a completely different situation for the Lakers, and they would have time to go after some other dudes. And there, this might have been an appealing spot, just like we saw other min players take deals to come to the Lakers that could have gotten more money elsewhere. This is a role, this could have been a pretty large role on a title-contending team that a free agent center might have you know, gone to. So there are guys under contract now who might be kicking themselves because, I mean, well, and really they can't blame themselves for, for not seeing this, but if they could do it again and they knew this info earlier, we might be looking at strong replacement for mark but given that everybody else is really gone there are only a few other options and so getting back to why this might be happening now my theory and we've seen some reporting around this is that the lakers want paul Millsap. he is someone that's talented he's worth more than the men but he's getting older he doesn't have a ring His game you know he's his game's diminishing a bit he's still very good he's still very clearly the best available free agent that might be considering a min contract and I think the Lakers are probably looking at him even with Mark in the mix still looking at Millsap and trying to get some big man depth and maybe what's happening maybe how this is playing out is Millsap saying I will only come to the Lakers if I have some sort of guaranteed role like I'm I'm good enough to get more money than this so if I'm taking a min I want good opportunity and from Mark's perspective, this might look like another Drummond situation. So, no matter what you think of Mark, if he leaves and then let's say Millsap doesn't come back, the Lakers are in a tough spot. If Millsap does replace him, and I think that's what Laker fans should be rooting for, you, you know, you're in an okay spot. The spacing's not as good. He's a step back from that standpoint, but there are certainly things Millsap can do that would really help this team. But, you know, just in general, I'm concerned right now about. The Lakers' big man depth and, like, versatility, they in previous years have had two or three big man, like, center options and then also AD. We're not seeing that play out this way right now. Um, So, you know, the timing here sucks, but if Mark doesn't return to the Lakers and the Lakers need some big man depth, here are a couple options. Um, Paul Millsap, I guess, obviously is the first one, and he might be what's triggering this. It might be a situation where if he goes to another team, Mark is back but if Millsap comes, Mark says, "You know what? I don't want to have to deal with this. You're you're like guaranteeing my minutes to someone else potentially. I don't know. I don't have inside info here. But if Millsap is coming to the Lakers, he's a legit big. He's a versatile 4-5 defender. He could play center. He defends the rim well. He has some ball mover skills. He finishes well. He's not like a springy athletic athlete at this point, but he finishes well at the rim." Um, he has some post-game left to him. He's efficient there. That's not a huge thing that I think the Lakers really need or should want, but it's noteworthy. Um, he's really active playing passing lanes, stripping balls, generating turnovers. Uh, he's someone that, from an impact standpoint, is like very clearly still very good. He's like an A, B guy with his offensive and defensive impact, and he has been for years. Um, he's someone who's been used as a stretch five but his shot-making from three has been a bit up and down. So five of the last seven years, his shot-making has been pretty poor. We're talking like C- F, D range. Um, not this past year, but the two years before he had B and A three-point shot-making seasons. And he's going to get really high shot quality every year, and that's that's been the case so far. So if he can be like a, a B shot-maker with A quality, that's a nice, helpful player for the Lakers. I think Mark was a B-plus this past year from a three-point shot-making standpoint. Um, But that's, I mean, that's part of his game, that if it's there, it makes him more appealing. If not, it's a little bit less appealing because he's not a great, like, elite dump-off option in terms of being big or a lob threat. Uh, So he's, you know, he's someone that as he ages, the way his game needs to transform probably involves him needing to be able to shoot well. So if that's not there, I, I see that as a potential issue, but... That's kind of what we're looking at with him. We can dig more into him, uh, Tom and I, together if this does end up happening, but that's a really high-level look. He's been impactful. He can have a role. He's a smart vet guy, great IQ, does a lot of things well, isn't an elite like, dump-off option. He's not an elite stretch-big option. So not the easiest to fit into roles. He's a decent post player, but that's not really what I think we want. <laughs> um, but that's what he's looking at. Or that's what he's looking like. Another guy that Mark Stein share the Lakers are looking into is Jakar Sampson, a 28-year-old big man. If you want to call him a big man, he's six-seven. He's been mostly a three for his career, small forward. Um, he's played power forward most recently, but he's played less than 800 total minutes over the last three years. So we don't have, from a data standpoint, there's not a whole lot on him. Um, throughout his career, you know, he doesn't have a, sh- a shooting skill set, and that has led to, between that and his size, like, shorter big man can't shoot how he's used has really bounced around a lot so he's been a stationary shooter an athletic finisher and a roll and cut big over his six nba seasons defensively he's been a chaser a helper a perimeter big and a mobile big and from an impact standpoint we haven't really seen a great fit where he's playing good minutes in a role and succeeding he if we're gonna be honest is a fringe nba player and i i mean i don't really love this fit um given LA's roster construction and recent news i'm assuming he would be someone that would play if if mark leaves he'd play more four and ad would play five rather than samson playing the five from a skill set standpoint he's not a good role man he can't shoot he's an awful defensive rebounder he has no post game or playmaking skills which don't matter as much but are worth noting his strengths are his offensive rebounding is really strong. His finishing at the rim is mediocre, which, I mean, is okay. We'll get him high shot quality. And he's he'll play mobile screen coverages, and at least from a data standpoint, he's been used versatily. I, I need to go watch film on him, but that's kind of who he is at this point. I think from a role standpoint with the Lakers, he'd be a perimeter big defensively, which has been the role he's had in the past where he's been most impactful and then it's slotted in as a power forward and then offensively uh, I guess he's a rolling cut big. He's he's a dump-off guy. He's a 6-7 dump-off guy. Um that isn't a great finisher at the rim, but that I think that's what you'd be looking for him to do if he were to come to the Lakers. I don't love it, but that's I mean, that's really the reality. There aren't too many great options available. Another guy we've seen, I don't think reported, but uh, some, some rumors or people, you know, saying the Lakers should look into is Isaiah Hartenstein, who has similar defensive rebounding woes, but boxes up pretty well. He's a, he's a much better rim protector than Samson. Samson's an okay rim protector. He's six, seven. Again, Hartenstein's a very good rim protector. Um, he's a good popper, strong offensive rebounder, not a good finisher, but I can see him being like a anchor big stretch big kind of guy. Um, he's bigger, he can be a roll and cut big, but doesn't finish well, so that's concerning. But th- those are kind of your big man options after Millsap. There aren't too many available players out there. Um, Samson, from an impact standpoint, hasn't been good. He's had five F offensive grades in six seasons. Hartenstein has been a bit better. Um, but neither of those are like great solutions. I'd rather have Mark than them. We've also seen the Lakers look into Isaiah Thomas, and then Tim Frazier is a name that came up as well. Tim Frazier, thirty-one-year-old small point guard that's a very poor defender and doesn't really shoot well. I don't get it. He can he can pass. He's like he can go run your sets, but it's a weird it's a weird one for me. It's a weird fit. I'd rather see some of the summer league guys get a shot instead of of Frazier. Uh, that's just a weird one to me. Isaiah Thomas makes a little bit more sense. Uh, LA still has a bunch of guards, so. If they're going after him, it would make me speculate that the Lakers don't really believe in none or Monk's playmaking, and they're thinking, all right, if Russ were to go down with an injury, and LeBron is that one other legit playmaker, Isaiah Thomas is someone we can plug in off the bench, who we know can you know, bring us a scoring punch. He is a strong playmaker, and he can shoot the ball. He's been an A or B three-point shot maker for years. Uh, he's a really bad defender. This is very much a regular season you know, we need someone to go out there and just kind of make things work because we have a lot of finishers on this team, a lot of like spacing options. And he, he can do that, but he's, he's not someone you want out there at this point uh, or really at any point in his career on the defensive end in the playoffs, especially for a team that's building themselves more and more to be switchable. Uh, another thing that's noteworthy with him is his finishing used to be very good. It's completely fallen off a cliff since his injury in Boston. He's just never been the same guy. It was like top 3 or 4% in the league to now trying to be average. Um, so IT makes some sense. I can, I could get it. I could get behind it. I don't really mind it. Uh, Frazier doesn't make sense to me. Hartenstein, okay. Samson doesn't make me excited. Um, with Samson, like he's, he's, I guess he, he's versatile, a switchy, mobile coverage, I, I don't know I need to watch some film on him to try to get excited there these these are like old men uh from a basketball standpoint who haven't really I mean him and Hartenstein and Frazier none of them have really like found their groove or given us really good years of production in a way that like I feel comfortable so if Mark leaves we're rooting for Paul Millsap my guess is that if Millsap's not coming Gasol's back he has a great opportunity I don't see a scenario, given the Lakers' roster construction, where they really don't play him. Like, you can't really bench him for 82 games. Like, in the playoffs, I could see him being benched. In the regular season, unless AD is, like, full-time going to go be a 5, I'd imagine you probably still need to fill 20 to 25 minutes per game at the center position between Dwight and Mark. And so for Mark, that might look like 12 to 15 a game. He might he's he's looking like a, a two stint guy, but I mean that's still a decent role and and I think he adds value. And today I was putting together some notes and Tom and I are gonna pod soon around uh, some non-LeBron lineups and what could work. And Marcus, I think, is a big part of a lot of this. He's a he's a good pick and roll partner with uh, Russell Westbrook from a popping skill set, which has been the type of guy that has helped unlock Russ's ball screen attacking so i like his fit with russ i like his fit in a lot of other lineups just as a spacing option even if he's not like an elite you know gonna go shoot eight threes a game kind of guy he will draw out some of that interior defense and open some driving lanes on a team that has multiple players who like to get to the rim so he has value even if you don't believe he's the same player he used to be or you're thinking he might look more like the player he did this past playoffs the Lakers have designed themselves, and I talked about this on the last pod, to play him and White in situations where they need to be less mobile, or they, they don't need to be as mobile. They're just dropping. They don't need to switch. So I feel confident the Lakers can make Gasol work this year, especially with the other pieces they've put on the roster this, this offseason. And I'm rooting for him to be back. But if he's not back and Millsap's in there, I think I feel okay. Yeah, I I think I'd feel pretty good about that. I... I'd, need to watch more Millsap film get a better sense for how he'd fit exactly but a lot of just those like talent levels and his skill sets and tendencies make some sense the his his issue is not like a clear elite or, or really good like roll and cut option he's more of a spacing option but not even really an elite spacing option so offensively I like saw more than I like Millsap defensively I think Millsap at this point might be a little bit more mobile, and we'll have to see exactly how that looks. I don't know if he's a great drop coverage big. I don't know if he's someone that plays more into the Lakers running similar screen coverages as they did last year, but if that were what where they're going, that would contradict what I was sharing on the last pod where I talked about how it makes more sense at this point for the Lakers to be switching or playing that no-man-behind drop coverage where they don't need to lean on rotations from their guard and wing players, f- which we know are not very good. So that's it for today. Just a quick 15 minutes, but this is the uh, recent Lakers news and my take on it. Have a good one, everyone.